0: You only run into a problem when you try to force absolutes on something that isn't absolute, right? And if you try to force absolute on the situation, what you're going to do is ostracize um, and marginalize people and basically telling someone who has a different gender identity, who has all of these, any number of these physical things uh, that we talked about going on, you're basically telling them that they are wrong, that their internal lived experience is invalid, and you, as someone who has no access to that lived experience, you know better. What's up, skeptics? Welcome to another episode of Reason to Doubt, your source for all things skeptical. I'm your host Jordan, and with me, as always, is my co-host Jared. How's it going, Jared? I'm Jared.
1: I'm doing well. Um, today's going to be a good one, I think. Uh, but I, before we jump into anything, I did want to do some house cleaning stuff because. Okay. Uh, we started recording our episodes. We've almost been doing it two years now, but, um, our numbers got a little off track. So started today, we're starting over fresh. This is episode 46. We're going to start counting our conversations as episodes. So we're getting closer to that 50 episode mark. We hit a hundred subscribers on YouTube and we have, you know, well over a hundred listens on each, uh, podcast that we do from like audio form. So I think, uh, We want to give ourselves a little kudos and congratulations there, first of all.
0: Triple digits. Also, we want to announce that we are retiring from rap indefinitely, uh, or ending our hip-hop career. If you've ever tried to find our podcast, you may have found that there's a much, well, I would say somewhat more successful rap, hip-hop, something podcast, and I get messages for them literally all the time. Yeah. So we've changed our name moving out of the 90s into maybe the early 2000s and gotten rid of the number two. Same thing. Reason to doubt doesn't matter. But now that the housekeeping is out of the way, today's episode is something that uh, I think is uniquely situated to anger people who agree with us, generally atheists, and also people who disagree with us, generally uh, the religious right. So something for everybody.
1: Yeah, it's always good. You know, it's going to be a good episode when you're pissing off both sides of the aisle. You know, it's like
0: right. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about uh, transgender rights and whether they should have them. Are they like human beings who deserve respect and dignity? I don't know. Uh,
1: the answer is um, yes, uh, and we're done. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. So thanks for coming, guys. Uh, so that's going to be the claim we're going to talk about. Before we get into that, though, uh, the today's fallacy of the day is going to once again be the fallacy fallacy. And the reason for this is I saw a video shared recently by that atheist on Twitter. And it was uh about how fallacies are overused in this course. And it was actually advocating that we should basically stop talking about them. Now, I'm not sure I'd go that far, but the point they made was a good one that a lot of people have basically like a checklist of fallacies. And whenever something seems like it might be fallacious, they just throw that out there, stop analyzing the argument and pretend like it's addressed. And goes on and that isn't conducive to deep analysis it kind of ends conversation and probably worse there are a lot of good sound arguments that sound at a superficial level like they might be fallacious there's uh, you have to be very careful with the application of informal fallacies because something could be fallacious in one context but not be fallacious in another context
1: yeah and you know, we always talk about fallacies because we start every episode with one, and so we want to just be careful that we are also encouraging dialogue and discourse with one another, and not just trumping. Oh, you said a fallacy, therefore I don't have to listen to you anymore, right. or therefore your argument is false because it could not be; it could be true. So the
0: the conclusion could be true. So the fallacy yeah. fallacy is the conclusion saying that because an argument for some proposition was fallacious. That therefore the proposition is false. And that is not true. You could make a bad argument or fallacious argument for a true proposition. And that doesn't change it being true. Um, But also, like I just said, there are some things that might seem fallacious that are not. For instance, one is the ad hominem that gets thrown out all the time. That's an ad hominem attack. Being insulted is not, it doesn't mean you're getting an ad hominem attack. You're not someone who says that you are a terrible person and they wish you would injure yourself is not necessarily making an ad hominem attack. For instance, if I said, hey, your argument is trash, and you know what? You're trash too. That is not an ad hominem attack because they are two separate things. Your argument is wrong, and also you're a jerk, right? (laughs) Now, if I said your argument is wrong because you are a jerk, and you being a jerk is in no way related to the argument, then and only then is it the ad hominem fallacy.
1: Uh, we never we never do that though
0: ever. Never, never never ever ever, ever. so never. uh ad hominem is one that's overused a lot the bandwagon uh, argument from authority that one is overused all the time guys citing scientists and peer-reviewed journals is not an argument from authority uh
1: <laughs> no that's actually <laughs> something you should do
0: <laughs> right yeah. uh so just if you are about to throw out a fallacy pump the brakes see does it actually is it actually a fallacy, first of all? Is the way it's fallacious in any way relevant to the argument does it matter? Um, if I take away the fallacious part, does the argument still have merit? You know, like, just slow your roll. That's yep. what we're getting at.
1: Better conversations.
0: <laughs> yeah. Speaking
1: of better conversations, segue. Um, today's claim, we wanted to start with a specific claim though, right? So the, today's claim that we're gonna be looking at is there are only two genders, male and female, and which one you, are is determined by your chromosomes or what sex you were assigned at birth. So that's the claim.
0: Marriage is between a man and a woman. Different.
1: Claim. Well, sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this claim comes from the right and also people who would normally be uh, considered on the left. So on the right, our poster child is Ben Shapiro, that towering. Uh, example of rigor and intellect who has gone off on this topic many, many times. Uh, But he, one quote is sex is binary. We come in two brands, male and female. Very. That's
1: a clear cut statement. Yeah. yeah.
0: But if you want, if, and I don't recommend you do this, but if you want to Google Ben Shapiro trans, you'll find plenty of stuff. So that's not surprising that Ben Shapiro would be on the wrong he's side. Of
1: super it. conservative. Yeah. You know, right. so.
0: Yeah. On the other side is Richard Dawkins, who, if you don't know, and if you're listening to the podcast, I'm surprised if you haven't heard of Richard Dawkins, but in case you haven't, he is an evolutionary biologist who is a prominent atheist. Um, he's written a lot of books, The God Delusion, things like that. And in the recent past, November 2021, he uh, tweeted out his support for the... Declaration on Women's Sex-Based Rights by the Women's uh, International something or other. Uh, What's it called? WDI is the name of the organization. But this declaration sounds, at a very cursory look, good. Like they're trying to fight for equality for women and make sure that we aren't losing women's rights. Hey, that's all great, right? How could that possibly go wrong?
1: Boy, did it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Basically, what it comes down to is this declaration is saying that uh, the idea of being a woman is based solely on sex, that the language of gender, and they always put that in air quotes, is damaging to that. Uh, the fact that it's being used in the United Nations documents is undermining women's rights and rolling back decades of work and essentially making the point that if you're a woman, it's because of your physical sex and that's the only way you can be a woman. And to say anything else is harmful to women. Uh, so Dawkins rightfully got a lot of flack for that position, but that shows that it is not unique to the right. This is actually uh, a widespread position specifically in the atheist sphere, which yeah. is generally he, more left-leaning.
1: He got a lot of support too. Um, it was actually pretty divisive within the, the skeptical atheist community. Um, so,
0: Right. So since we're atheists and skeptics, we thought we'd uh, throw our opinion out there and we'd examine this claim uh, from the standpoint of both biology and then gender identity. So like, yeah. the, the claim that what sex you are is the one you're assigned at birth, birth or the one that it's chromosomes, that is, a, that is a physical biology claim, right? So that should be relatively straightforward to examine. Uh, gender identity might be a little more tricky we'll get into that afterwards
1: before we really get into things though i think it's we should point out that um we are both cisgendered white men um and we're probably not the ones who should be talking about this but there's a reason why we think uh it's important that we do talk about this um
0: right so whenever you're talking about uh, a social issue like this, it's always important to listen to the voices of those who are experiencing the harm, right? Yes. Because their lived experiences are going to give a valuable insight and perspective that someone like me will never be able to get otherwise. So that is important. And so don't, don't just listen to this podcast and then think, okay, I've learned it all because you haven't listened to someone who's actually lived it because that's important. That said, uh, a lot of cisgendered white men have used their platform in a harmful way, Dawkins, Shapiro and others. And so I think it's important for people like me to use what voice we have to speak in support of those who are a more marginalized in society, because that's one of the ways that the marginalized will stop being marginalized, is if people like me stop marginalizing them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and for whatever reason, for better or worse, sometimes people who are ignorant or you know, in their bubble will only hear a message if it comes from someone who looks like them. Uh That's not how things should be. That's not how skeptics should act, but that's the world we live in. So yeah. to the extent that hopefully hearing it from two straight white guys, for some reason, if that's what it takes to convince you, I don't know why, but if that's <clears throat> what it is, here you go.
1: Yeah. The more people I think we can get talking about this to make, you know, to normalize it so for people to realize that it's not binary. And obviously we're putting our cards on the table here sex isn't binary we're gonna go into that right
0: yeah but uh <laughs> so. so uh the the reason this is important in case it's not obvious is that transgendered people are people and people deserve rights and dignity and we should accord all human beings that basic dignity uh you'll often hear thrown about oh well it's only like 0.2 percent of the population what does it matter well because it's still 0.2 percent of human beings right like <laughs> You know? If it
1: was point zero 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 one percent, it still should make a difference, right? Like right. it
0: should, it should still yeah. matter. So it, rights exist to protect the minority, right? Mm-hmm. That's one of the reason we have rights. uh The majority, usually the people in power, at least don't need some document to protect their rights because they're the ones with all the power. You know?
1: So. Yeah. The king was never standing like my rights are being trampled on here. You know? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Usually not. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk yeah. some definitions before we jump into the science. First of all, what is a trans individual? What is a trans man or trans woman? So uh, let's look at the Mayo Clinic. They're a uh, reputable medical source. They say that trans man and trans woman are terms used to describe in a gender binary manner, a transgender individual's gender identity or expression. So they acknowledge in there that this term itself is binary. That doesn't mean that the phenomena is binary, but this is how the term is used. Mm the human rights campaign puts it as the word transgender or trans is an umbrella term for those people whose gender identity is different from the sex assigned to them at birth. So it doesn't matter different in what way or to what degree, just different in some way. And that's the umbrella term.
1: I think it's important to point out too that, many individuals will define it in a different way. And that's totally cool. However, they define it. We're just using a couple popular sources to kind of okay. have something to talk about, right? Um, okay.
0: so. Always make sure when you're talking to somebody that you're using the def, you understand the definitions as they're using them. Yes. Uh, in case you haven't heard so a couple other more general definitions, binary, which we've already used a couple times. Binary means two and only two options. So a binary is on or off yes or no. And there's no exceptions. Those are the only two things that can ever possibly be a light switch is either on or it is off. And that's it. There's no other way, you know, everything in the universe either is, or is not a potato. That's another binary, (laughs) which is, is a true statement.
1: That is a true statement. Yeah. And that (laughs) that is a sound argument. Um, right. So yes, I'll have bimodal. So this is a system where you have, um, things that are grouped into around two values, right? So it doesn't necessarily mean that everything fits within those, right? Am I saying this right?
0: Yeah, so something that's bimodal as opposed to binary, binary means everything fits in two spots. Bimodal means most things fit in two spots, but there's a curve. So if you looked at like a distribution, you'd have two peaks and you can have more peaks than it'd be uh, multimodal, you can have, you know, Any number of peaks but for a bimodal there are two peaks so one example uh ironically is height by sex assigned at birth Uh, men people who are cisgendered men tend, tend to be on average a little taller than cisgendered women and if you looked at a graph of humans that were you know cisgendered you'd see a peak around the male average and a peak around the women average but there'd be heights all over the place right it's bimodal, not binary. And it would, it would be mm. ridiculous to suggest that because the average height of a man is, say, 5'10", whatever it is, that every man is 5'10", and that's it. Right? That would be ridiculous. That
1: would be binary. Men are 5'10", females are you know, right. whatever. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. so that's no. what a bimodal system is. Uh, and another word we're going to throw out is chromosome, which you've probably heard before. So real surface level, you've got DNA. DNA comes together, and strands make a gene, um, and if you bundle up a bunch of genes, you get a chromosome. And they do biology stuff. Uh, humans have 23 pairs of chromosomes. Different animals have different pairs of them, different numbers. We have 23, so you'll get one half of that from your mom and one half of that from your dad. And every human being—well, I don't want to say every, because not every, not every, almost every, most human beings have 23 in that configuration. Yeah. Okay. So definitions out of the way. Let's get into the claim.
1: Let's let's Def- get into sex. Let's talk let's, about sex. Let's
0: talk about sex. That's right. So uh, sex, what is sex? Well, um, sex can be used to describe the act of sex. It's also used to describe the generally two sexes, male and female. So when you have a sexually reproducing organism, there's usually a male type and a female type and the way they, that biologists uh, define male and female in this context is by the size of the reproductive cells, the gametes. So your sperm or eggs, those are gametes, the stuff yeah. that you do sex with. Uh, so male is defined as having a lot of little gametes, whereas a female is defined as having fewer big gametes. So I think yeah, it's
1: important to point out that we're not talking about your genitalia here. We're talking about the actual reproductive cell that the sperm and the That egg.
0: merges together. Yes. So when a mommy and daddy love each other very much, the sperm gets the egg and fuses and they make a new human being or whatever it's making. And so in humans, yeah. the female gamete would be the eggs because there are not very many of them. They're big. The sperm is small and there's many of them. However, this is not a hard and fast rule. There are creatures in the wild that... Uh, There's certain species of fruit flies that have different size gametes. There's varieties of male, one of which the males is even bigger than the other one. Like their gamete is larger than the egg. And you've got, and it doesn't mean giving or receiving either because seahorses, famously, the female who has the small large or the few large gametes injects them into the male who has the many small gametes and it's fertilized and then the male gives birth. So uh, the fact that, here's a textbook definition okay now immediately here's all the ways in which it doesn't work (laughs) shows (laughs) how the rest of this is gonna go
1: also while we're getting into this um we're talking about this from we're, we're naturalists for the most part right so we are animals we are a species uh we're we inhabit this planet with other animals and other species there's nothing special about humans A lot of people, especially on the religious right, or conservatives will claim that we hold a special thing. And so those rules don't apply to us, but they do. I mean, yeah.
0: In any way that matters, classifying the definition of animal in any way, unless you are going to carve out a specific niche for Homo sapiens, which would be special pleading, then we're animals by any way you want to define it. And so we're going to conform to all these rules. Uh, So... Male and female gamete size, you produce eggs. You're a woman, you produce sperm. That's small and your man, bam. Case closed, we're back to binary, right? Well, uh, so let's jettison the whole like seahorse thing because who cares about seahorses, right? We're talking about humans. Well, what if a person is infertile? What if they don't produce any gametes at all? Do they just not count? Do they not have a a sex? You know? Uh, So There's one thing. What if they don't produce any? Well, but... Maybe you say, okay, well, infertile people, they'll just go with whatever their plumbing is, right? So if you have the plumbing to produce eggs, then you're a female, even if the plumbing doesn't work, right? Then it's still good. Like, you still got ovaries. We'll go with that. Okay. What if
1: What if you got a hysterectomy? I mean, like... Mm. And
0: yeah. Well, maybe you, you had... It, it's like the <laughs> grandfathered in because you right. had yeah. ovaries <clears throat> at some point. Well, what if you've got both? What if you have ovaries and testes? The testes make the sperm. The ovaries make the eggs. What if you have both? Uh, that is a thing that can happen. It's called ovo ovotesticular disorder of sex development, overtest- the shortening of which is ovotesticular DSD, which I think they shortened the wrong part of that. Uh, <laughs> but, okay. Uh, so us think a the really it,
1: complicated word. <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> uh, but it's a very rare condition, uh, but it does exist in humans where an individual has both ovaries and testicles Or testes and in some cases it's the same organ the same organ the same thing is half ovary half testicle
1: yeah so these are pretty cool if you look at them you can cut the cells a slide you can actually see where the tissue changes from one to the other
0: it is literally Um, ovary tissue and then it blends right into testicle tissue so which is it like are they both are they neither like okay and Another fun fact, about 10% of patients with this particular development uh, that have both testicles and ovaries have a normal appearing penis. They have a penis that looks phenotypically normal. So it's just like every other penis you've ever seen. Don't know how many penises you've seen, but it's the same as all of them. So, so in if other you're words, just
1: looking at them from the outside, they would appear to have sex male organs, right? Male right. sex organs. Yeah.
0: So the doctor delivers the baby. He looks down, look, oh, there's, he's got a penis, boom, male on the birth certificate, but inside it has the plumbing of both. So which is it? Uh, and so already we only gotten to the first point and already things are getting very fuzzy. That's because biology is messy and doesn't care at all about our labels. All of these labels, male, female, species, uh, All of these labels are things that biologists are trying to shove nature into to try to to organize the world around us and and come up with general rules so we can understand it. But biology is under no obligation whatsoever to conform to our rules because it doesn't care. All biology wants to do is replicate itself. That's it. And it doesn't matter how it happens.
1: Yeah. Humans like things in nice, neat little boxes, right? Well, can't do that with this.
0: Yeah. Nature ain't that way. So – Even though we have a definition for male and female that's based on gametes, you cannot apply that universally to everyone. So that just jettisons that already. Uh, But okay, we've got this disorder, whatever. What about the chromosomes, right? Because as we all learned, probably in middle school, uh, if you have XX chromosomes, you're a girl. If you have XY chromosomes, you're a boy. We're back to binary. Because it's even simple, those right? people, even those people with with a weird ovary testicle thing, they, they gotta have XX or XY, right? Those are the only two options. Well, <laughs> is it though? So, uh, first of all, everyone has the genes in your gene in, in your genome in your code. Every body has in their gene code, whether you're male, female, or otherwise, all the instructions necessary to make ovaries or testicles. Your body knows how to make both of them.
1: Yeah, I think that was a a myth that I learned way back in the day was that at, at one point in the thing, like I got that thing and then it switched from female to male or something like that. And then.
0: Yeah. So which one you end up with or both has to do with a very complicated interplay between a variety of genes, not all of which are even on the X or Y chromosomes. Some of them are on the numbered chromosomes that like everybody has. Right. And so. Uh, You can go look up biologists who will explain it far better than I ever could, how this interplay works. And it's something that's still being studied. But the kind of complexity we're talking about is gene A issues instructions to gene B to make testicles. But then gene C intersects that and says, nope, don't do that. So you make ovaries. But then sometimes gene D intercepts that and says, nope, go back to testicles. Like, it's just like, this is the kind of messy interplay. And if any of those genes at any point is messed up, then you could have because again we all have the necessary um, instructions to make either one. You could be someone who's XX, so the female chromosome, but they produce testicles and a penis. They express as a man, uh, or you can have someone who's XY and produces as a woman. So there's this is not hypothetical. This happens. So mm-hmm. you there's it's a condition. You have XX males. Uh, they can have a problem with their nr0b1 gene which is one of those genes that does the weird back and forth thing i was just talking about or they can have an sry gene the sry gene is something that's normally only on the y chromosome and it is part of the thing that's responsible for giving you testicles Um, if there's a problem they have a gene they normally wouldn't or that one of the genes that they normally have doesn't work they can develop as men and they will look present phenotypically normal as males and so they'll have a penis, they'll appear to be man, they'll, they may, they'll probably feel like a man, but they have XX chromosomes. Uh, you can see that an example of that. There it is,
1: X, yeah, XX chromosomes.
0: XX chromosomes, yeah. Uh, Claire Bouvadier, B-O-U-V-A-T-T-I-E-R, wrote a textbook, Pediatric Urology 2010. So that's what I'm getting that example from. On the other side, you can have someone who's XY, which is the male setting but they can have a problem with their SRY gene or some other thing. But let's say they have a problem with the SRY gene and they present as female. So they grow a vagina and everything else. They look like they're a female. They'll probably go through a lot of their life and, you know, appear female and not until they get checked out for something, will they find out, Oh, this person who we thought was a perfectly normal female is in fact an individual with X, Y chromosomes, which would normally be male. Right. So, Mm -hmm. One case study of that published by D'Souza et al. in 2016. It's a case study of an 18 year old patient who had normal appearing female genitalia, had a vagina, but uh, they thought that this person had uh, androgen insensitivity syndrome, which I'll get to in a second, uh, because they weren't going through puberty like they should have. And then they determined oh, no, actually, this person who appears female is, in fact, a person with XY chromosomes. So are they male? Are they female? Then, like I said, you can also have a whole different condition, not that condition, but a whole different condition uh, where you've got XY uh, chromosomes, but you have androgen insensitivity syndrome. So you've got all the normal genes and they're all functioning like they should, but you don't have uh, the wiring that you need for your body to respond to testosterone like it should. And so, if your body isn't responding to testosterone like it should, then your body will f- will develop as a female. So they will have all the chromosomes and everything else, all the testosterone, everything they need to become a man. But because their body doesn't respond to those hormones, they be- they look and feel like a girl, and that happens in about one in twenty thousand births. Yeah, according and to Medline Plus,
1: both the male and female have testosterone and estrogen in their systems it's just how much of what and and what is it doing right so right in this case they have the testosterone and estrogen in their system but the testosterone isn't working so the estrogens kind of taking over and then having them express their physical traits more like a female
0: uh correct yeah, yeah in, exactly. in, in sense. yeah and yeah. so here's several cases where your chromosome does not match not only to your own, how you feel, but also to how your body physically develops. And so clearly either you're going to have to have many different settings. You're going to have to have a setting at least four, right? For someone who's XX, but pre- presents as female, someone for XY presents as male, someone who's XY, but presents as female for whatever reason, and someone who's XX and presents as male for whatever reason. So if, if if you want to have neat boxes that apply all the time we have we're starting now with four at a minimum and it's only going to go up from here
1: what about you know for cases you know like in down syndrome where chromosomes like that should affect that as well right like you get extra chromosomes or you lack chromosomes like
0: and here's here's something else to consider Uh, if you're watching this statistically speaking you are a cisgendered individual so you probably have some kind of internal feeling of whether you're male or female or something, probably that would statistically that governs most people. Uh unless you have had your genome sequenced by a professional and analyzed, then you cannot know for sure that one of these many different conditions don't apply to you and you don't even know because not all of them even affect your development in any way. You you might just live your life and have no clue what is going on. And you look and feel and seem male or female or whatever it is. And in fact, if you dug deep down, you'd have, you know, bits from the other side, you know, I guess
1: it really doesn't matter. I mean, like, but it's, it's clear. It's clearly not this or that scenario. Right.
0: So if that were the case, if you had this going on, how would you feel if you had your genome sequence and you found out, Oh, I thought I was a man with X, Y chromosomes this whole time. But in fact, I have XX chromosomes. Do you suddenly? Well, I guess I'm a female now. And instantly your brain, your internal wiring switches and you, you feel like a woman then. And you, like, is that what happens? I'm willing to bet probably not. Not for most of you, right? Because right. So, your
1: identity is based on a lot more than just your physical, right. you know, makeup or your genetics. Like,
0: for example, it's based on in part on what's going on inside your brain and that big fatty thing up there.
1: Yeah. So I think I've heard it said before that. Well, you know, for example, transgender people have like a mental health disorder or something like that, or they'll gender dysphoria. They'll say, "But and it's nothing physical, right?"
0: They're just choosing arbitrarily to whichever one they want to be that day, right? Ben Shapiro says it's all the time. It's just that the left wants to abolish all definitions and just it's completely arbitrary whether someone's a male or female, and you know, they're they're gonna say they're women so they can go into the bathroom and whatever i don't know
1: well we can look at this right so these neurologists neuroscientists they took scans of uh, people's brains and they got a wide variety of people so they had uh, heterosexual they had homosexual they had transgender women transgender men they had a huge swath and they took scans and it's pretty interesting what they found
0: and when we say these scientists we mean burke Menzuri, and savik who published in the journal Nature, which is like one of the most prestigious journals there is in 2017.
1: Yep. And uh, so we can get into like the deep, deep woods of what it is, but essentially what they found was um, there seems to be something physical in our brains that correlates with how we identify our gender. So the the study basically showed that a trans woman had a section of her brain that was the physical makeup that correlated to that of a female brain not the whole brain but there were certain parts of it and like a male's brain had the same physical part as somebody who was a trans man so like they also matched
0: yeah so in other words there was a portion of the brain for an individual who is assigned a sex at birth that did not match their assigned sex at birth, but did match their perceived sex, and it was statistically significant. It wasn't chance. So yes. reliably, a person who was trans, this section of their brain was more likely to match what was typical for the other sex, the one they yeah. identified with.
1: Yeah. Which is pretty not, intu-
0: th- You can't make that up. They can't just wish no, it- that into existence. Yeah, and that this didn't is- happen- overnight because of treatment or anything this happened like when their brain was developing you know
1: yeah and it's pretty cool because like this confirms that the gender that there is something going on like the gender that they experience so like they're literally trapped in another body and and, it's but there's something in there yeah
0: it's like you have the brain of a man in the body of a woman or vice versa which if you've ever talked to a trans individual i have heard when I've spoken to them, that feeling that they know they're a man, they feel like they're a man, they are a man in this woman's body. And that's for some of them, a very disconcerting and uncomfortable position, which completely understandable why that would be uncomfortable. And so this, not that they need this validation, I don't think they need my or this, this validation at all, even if that was all it was, even if it was just their perception and nothing more, that would be perfectly enough for me. But if it's not enough for you, if for some reason you you need this structural thing to be true, well, congratulations, there it is.
1: Yeah, and we want to point out like this isn't like a the entire brain, you know. Like there are other parts that they found in the study that did also match the, um, I guess what you would say the sex assigned at birth because there are other physical makeups. But it is yes. something to point that there's something there, right? But so. that
0: that just plays into what we've been saying this whole time: is it is not binary, it is not simple. It's, it's messy. Yeah, yeah, it's very messy. It's not as, it's not even as simple as everything about this individual who's trans is identical to how they're, like, it's not even that simple. It's complicated yeah. in every way.
1: So, I mean, we need to, we've been mostly talking about sex, but we've kind of ventured into the realm of gender, right? So the gender that I experienced versus the sex that I have was assigned at birth, yeah. um, So what do we actually mean when we say gender, right? So the World Health Organization, I thought, summed this up really well. So they said, gender refers to the characteristics of men, women, girls, and boys that are socially constructed. This includes norms, behaviors, and roles associated with being a woman, man, girl, or boy, as well as relationships with each other. As a social construct, gender varies from society to society and can change over time.
0: So this is a very important point you may have been used to growing up or from whatever your culture is hearing the two is synonymous. And that's how I grew up using it. You know, sex and gender were two words for the same thing, but the way that it is used now is it is referring to two different things. Sex refers to your physical sex, like your plumbing and whatever that corresponds to in whatever messy way, mm-hmm. whatever, often what you were assigned at birth by whoever just looked down and said that was good enough and stamped your birth certificate. Gender is a combination of your own perception and everyone else's perception of you and what culture you're in and what time you're in it and a whole bunch of other stuff.
1: Yeah. So it's important when we're having these conversations with people that we, so we always talk about defining terms, but specifically talking about this. Like if I'm having a conversation with somebody like a Ben Shapiro type character and they say there's only two genders, I need to, well, what do you mean when you say gender, right? Uh, Pew Research Center did a study a while back, and they determined uh, they discovered that about half of Americans believe that someone's gender is determined by what sex they were assigned at birth. So it was actually fifty-four percent of of Americans believe that. So chances are, if you're having a conversation with somebody, they think that gender is synonymous with sex that was assigned at birth.
0: So it's important to talk to them about this and how do we, this, this isn't something we're just making up. Like how. How do you know that sex is or gender is socially constructed? Well, what is gender? Gender is what's normal. What what is masculine versus feminine? You know, men are masculine, female are feminine. That that's like what your gender is, right? Well, what counts as masculine is chopping on trees? Is that masculine? Drinking beer? Who gets to do that? You know, d- mowing lawns, doing dishes, who's gonna do that? Cooking. Is that female or is, is that feminine or masculine? Uh, about staying home and watching the kids—is that masculine? Is wearing a dress okay for a man or not a woman? Like, what what are the answers to all these questions? If you run down the list, you probably have a sense for what's normal. But if you look to the left of, to the left or right of you in different cultures and back through time, that has not always been the case. A good example of that is colors for babies. If you look at a gender reveal party, uh, which if, if you've never seen one before, it's a thing that happens right before a big wildfire um, when they explode <laughs> stuff in the backyard and then light California on fire. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it's an elaborate That's... way to burn down forests. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. <clears> but <throat> if, if you've ever been to one and we did one for for my son, he um we had the cake and we cut it open and it was blue inside. And everyone seeing everyone there saw the blue cake and knew that meant it was a boy because blue is a boy's color, but
1: societally it it is, right? right, That's what we're Yeah.
0: Right. But if you went back a hundred years, that it was not the case. It it was not at all unusual to dress your baby boy and pick. And actually my, because I have three daughters who are older than my son, he wore pink everything because he's just getting. Yeah. Uh, but that's what we're talking about. What is masculine? What's feminine changes through time. It changes with local culture. It might change within a culture, um, even by generation or generation or city to the city, like it's extremely flexible.
1: Yeah. There was a study uh, in 2015 done by uh, Cuddy et al. Um, It's called men as cultural ideals. But what they did is they looked at 26 different cultures across the world today to kind of see if there were any kind of differences that could be determined. Um, And they found that actually, for example, in America, men tip, typically are what you consider individualistic. So they're very focused on the self. They're, you know, they're kind of that stoic man yeah. who kind of goes off. And then South- look at, like
0: men in like action, action yeah. heroes, like the stereotypical man. He's like the the lone leader out there in front of the front. And he's always like a little bit distant from his fellows because, you know, he's the, you know, standing on the cliff side looking <laughs> heroically into the distance, you know, yeah. that's what a and- man looks like
1: and women in america tend to be uh, what they consider collectivistic so they're always together in groups they're talking to one another they share information well this study showed that in south korea these these norms are actually flip-flopped and men are perceived to be more collectivistic uh and women are more individualistic in there so it just shows you that it can even in our time today we can have different cultures who put different values on things as that society you know
0: right so clearly it cannot be the case that gender maps directly onto physical sex because what is meant by gender is different. And so like if a South Korean man who perceives because of their culture, men as being more collectivist, collectivistic move to America, their identity, their masculine identity would suddenly become feminine in that culture. Did they stop being a man that doesn't like that? That's a non make sense. thing, yeah. right? It doesn't even make yeah. sense, you know? But so clearly it can't be as simple as as one or zero. So uh, if you wanted to put everyone in a box, first of all, you're going to need at least four, probably more boxes for the physical part based on what chromosome you have. Then match that with what genitals you have. Maybe you have both what uh, what what gonads you have, whether you have testes or ovaries or both. Uh, So you're up to probably like. 16 maybe 30 different boxes over there then you can go ahead and up that up to infinity with all of the different genders you could possibly have
1: right and and realizing that these genders can change next year like you know social if it is truly a social construct then 10 years from now what we consider masculine or feminine could be completely opposite or could be something completely new we, we have no idea so
0: right yeah. so the bottom line is what we're not saying is that uh, the assignment of sex or gender, like male or female, these labels are completely arbitrary. And there is absolutely no mapping whatsoever to reality. Because for most people, if you looked down and they have a penis and you guessed that they were a man, you would be right most of the time. And if you looked down and they had a vagina, you would be right. Most of the time because it is bimodal
1: Yeah, and you'd probably be at a nudist colony because people don't walk around naked. So (laughs)
0: probably, you know, but most is not always. And so it, it, you only run into a problem when you try to force absolutes on something that isn't absolute. Right. And if you try to force absolute on the situation, what you're going to do is ostracize, Um, and marginalized people and basically telling someone who has a different gender identity, who has all of these, any number of these physical things uh, that we talked about going on, you're basically telling them that they're wrong, that their internal lived experience is invalid. And you as someone who has no access to that lived experience, you know better, which is ridiculous. I mean, I was talking to uh, an individual few weeks ago and uh, I forget her name, uh, but she, I think it was Linda. We'll, we'll say it was Linda or Karen. I guess Karen works better. Uh So she was, you know, doing there's only two sexes They're whatever your sign of birth, you know, I'm a woman and they're not a woman, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what, Karen, you actually, you seem more like a Mark to me. You seem more like a Mark. Like you seem like a guy and a Mark. So that's what I'm going to call you uh, from now on. And, she said well no i'm a woman like and i'm i'm a her and my name is karen i was like oh okay i'm so sorry for presuming about your gender identity and your preferred pronouns i will try to use those in the future thank you for correcting me you see how effing easy that was <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah <clears throat> i really don't understand what the big deal is um and as we've shown it's it's not of, of on or off switch and it's so complex and so messy. And what harm is it just to ask somebody, hey, you're a human being. I'm a human being. How would you like to be treated? What would you like to be called? It's that it's, simple.
0: <laughs> it's, it's really that simple. If you go up to someone and you know, you, you, you're talking to them and they express to you, I would prefer you to use he, him or the, that, they, them or whatever, it costs you nothing literally nothing to just pay them the bare minimum dignity and respect to just call them what they're asking to be called. It's not that big a deal. And beyond that, uh, what, what does it matter if they go into a bathroom that has one stick figure versus another stick figure on it what does it matter if they in consultation with their doctors and their therapists and their team decide that uh, a surgery to reassign their gender would make their life better who are you to say that they're wrong
1: no, you're nobody first of all right. but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. So, there, so there
1: are i will acknowledge there are there are situations where it becomes you know something like, and there's gray areas too especially when we start talking about you know at what age is it appropriate to start hormone therapies and things like that but those aren't conversations for me to have those are conversations for the parents and that child and their pediatrician to have right exactly i should not be in that conversation whatsoever right yeah
0: i i feel like i as a citizen of the world Um, am able to be in the conversation of, hey, trans people are humans and maybe we should treat them like humans. That would be awesome if we could do that. I do not need to be in the conversation of this individual's medical history, you know? (laughs) Because I was telling Jared this earlier. Uh, As I was deconstructing my faith, so I came from a fundamentalist Christian faith, and so come part and parcel with that was a rejection of all trans rights uh, because, you know, That's what you do, I guess. It's on on the lines. It's it's in the Bible somewhere. I never found it, but it's in there somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, So, I remember just like deconstructing everything and trans rights. I was trying to figure out how I felt about that, and then I realized, you know what? That doesn't involve me in any way whatsoever. I, I guess it's none of my business then. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Next thing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well.
0: So that's what we had for you guys. Uh, Hopefully. Now you're better equipped with some knowledge of what the science says, how the science shows it's extremely messy. It's anything but binary. And so we should not be forcing people to fit into these two neat boxes because nature just doesn't work that way. And beyond that, even if it physically worked that way, gender is a different thing that is socially constructed that can be any of a wide range of values and there's no way that's fitting into two distinct boxes. And so we should just give up on the entire endeavor of trying to force every single person to fit in the boxes that we prefer and just deal with them as they are.
1: Which is a human being who has right. value.
0: TLDR, don't be a jerk.
1: Don't be a jerk. Well, we re- um we really appreciate y'all taking the time to to check us out, listen to us, share us with people. Um especially this podcast, I think is important to get out there to share with others, you know, maybe it'll, it'll resonate with somebody who was being a jerk and they'll be like, you know what? I was being a jerk. I'm sorry.
0: Um, Yeah. And that's an excellent point. Uh, I used to be a person who is anti-trans. I no longer am. I changed my mind because I realized I was wrong. And if you, after listening to this podcast and checking our claims and going to read papers we cited and everything else, if you have, do all that, and you realize you're wrong then i've got good news for you you can change your mind and then presto you're not wrong anymore
1: like you magic. get to be right
0: <laughs> and you get to be right yeah it's too easy you know yeah. <laughs> uh if you're interested more in this topic i strongly recommend the youtuber Forrest balkai who we got a lot of our information from it's forest with two r's he is a biologist who did a great video on this topic so highly recommend you check that out
1: and he cited all of his sources
0: like 200 of them yeah basically. A lot so, of sources. So.
1: And, and we didn't just take his word for it. We went and checked their sources too and looked at them. So,
0: Right. And you should do the same. And while you're doing that, uh, give this video a like if you thought it was great. Comment if you think we got something wrong or if you want us to check some other topic of yours, something you want us to debunk. That's great. It helps the channel out a lot. Um, but anyway, check our sources. And while you're doing that, remember, you've always got reason to doubt.
1: Peace out. And, and reason to doubt. T-O. Yeah,
0: T-O now. the, the, the way you'd expect it to be.
1: All right.